Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. This is a podcast series covering the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. Today, on the other line, got the editor-in-chief of Film Inquiry herself. Want to welcome to the show for her first ever appearance, Christy Strauss. Thank you for, you know, just hopping on the mic. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, so... uh you and I were just sort of like emailing back and forth, and I mentioned that I was wanting to do uh, an episode on Sofia Coppola, because for those who don't know, there is a new Sofia Coppola movie that you can stream now if you have Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, it's called On the Rocks, and you mentioned that you were uh, a big Sofia Coppola fan and would be eager to talk about not just this new movie of hers, but kind of the wider career of her in general which I thought would make a really great episode because I think Sofia Coppola is definitely, you know, um, among like the signature filmmakers of that kind of Gen X generation. Um, what What's kind of your relationship to her as a filmmaker and what is it that kind of comes to mind with you as part of her signature style? Yeah, so when I was younger, um, when The Virgin Suicides came out, because, you know, I'm probably a little older than you, but I was a, you know, young. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it was 1999, but I, I was just kind of heading into being like a teenager and that movie just completely shook me. Um, it, it, I just thought it was a beautiful, obviously very melancholy and tragic, but just, just a, a gorgeous film in so many different ways. Um, how she portrayed the, these female characters and their relationships. And yeah, that was basically like where my love for her started. And then, you know, of course, uh, I love Lost in Translation as well. Those, those are two of my favorite works of hers um, that had the, the biggest impact on me, I think, both just as a, a critic, but just as a film lover. The Virgin Suicide is a little bit more, senti- not sentimental, but it is something that I felt really... And maybe it's just because like being a young girl, not sure of herself, uh, you know, having doubts about, you know, who she is, etc. There's some kind of relatability there, even if it isn't to the extent of the characters in the film. But so, so that's like kind of always been in the back of my mind as just one of those movies that um, was kind of not a comfort, but it was just something that I really fell into. And it uh, it made me appreciate even more how much film can have an impact on you. And also I loved that it came from a female voice. You know, there are Mm -hmm. so many terrific female writers and directors, and obviously she's got the Coppola name, but it was uh, also really kind of inspiring to see some of her early films and and see what she was able to do. And, you know, I love what, with the Virgin Suicides, it's kind of, it's kind of dreamy in a way, if that's the right word. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. And again, obviously, it's it's dealing with some incredibly heavy, heavy themes. Um, you know, not to, I don't know why anyone would be spoiled because it's in the word, but obviously the ideas of yes. suicide <laughs> and uh, that. So, yeah, I mean, it deals with some very heavy stuff. But I uh, one of my favorite scenes in that movie, too, is just when she's interacting with the boys through just or they are interacting with the boys through just records. It's like one of those scenes that that 
It's such so good and just always gets me. But yeah, she has a, a very like kind of special aesthetic kind of quality to her films too. Um, that kind of like like I said, dreamy, but um, that kind of which I guess we'll get to that later is is a little bit different with the newest one. But she does it a yeah, lot. Yeah, I would with, agree. Like, yeah, I mean she's it's still you know terrific in her own way, but that those are the ones that really I don't know that quality I, I love most. Yeah, I I when I was trying to think of what comes to mind for me with her work, um, it, the two things that you know I, aesthetically I thought about a lot about um, subtlety. I think she's one of the more like subtle filmmakers working, yeah. and she can do so much with just kind of the a, a glance that someone gives, um, and her movies are quiet, and there's there's a lot of power in very sort of like small gestures and um, silent scenes between people where it's just about as much that's like unspoken as what is spoken. And, you know, I also think of her as a filmmaker that really captures, I think both loneliness and celebrity in a really interesting way. Um, and so many of my favorite movies of hers, whether they're it's lost in translation or um, somewhere, or even Marie Antoinette, which I think is quite underrated. If you go back and like read some of the reviews of it at the time, you know, all three of those I think are, are really interesting movies about like what happens when you have every pleasure at your disposal and can like, be right in front of you in like 30 seconds but then also feel incredibly lonely and depressed and sort of like you're lacking kind of a real intimate connection with people um and so that's that's what kind of comes to mind for me at least with her work um i do think it's interesting you bring up virgin suicides because uh i guess the the official release of that movie is at Cannes in 1999 but the theatrical release is in 2000 so this year is also the 20th anniversary or yeah, the 20th anniversary of that movie, as well as the 10th anniversary of Somewhere, which I mentioned earlier. Um, let's talk about her new movie, On the Rocks, which, uh, as I said, you can watch if you have Apple TV+. Plus. Um, it is it stars Rashida Jones as a, a woman in New York who begins to suspect that her husband, played by Marlon Wayans, may be having an affair and that their marriage might as the title suggests, be on the rocks and may be um, in trouble. And that the the quest to sort of discover whether or not her husband really is having this affair and sort of exposing that becomes the obsession of her father, played by Bill Murray, a kind of a muse that so of Sophia Coppola's work, because obviously he's the star of Lost in Translation, as well as she did the uh, Netflix um, a very Murray Christmas special with him. And, you know, I, I guess I can't really totally remember what Bill Murray's character does for a living in the movie. I think he's an art dealer, but essentially is very rich. And we get the sense has been kind of in and out of her life and is rather promiscuous. And the movie basically turns into this screwball comedy with Rashida Jones and Bill Murray just kind of, traveling around New York City and trying to catch her husband in the act of infidelity or sort of scrummage up evidence to, <laughs> that might uh, otherwise sort of um, 
indict him in in these accusations. So what what did you think of um of watching this and how do you think it kind of like fits in with her other work? Yeah, um first if you don't mind, I that's amazing that it's 20 year anniversary and 10 year and it makes more sense because then I would have been 13. So I, yeah. I knew I was just beginning my teenage years. But I also just want to say that I do think loneliness is a huge uh, component in many of her movies, as is sometimes like excess. Like you said, celebrity, obviously, um, with, you know, somewhere Marie Antoinette, it's obviously excess as well, a lot, um, which is an underrated movie. And I, I so and the bling ring, like, I think she does that with a lot of those movies. But it, it, it kind of a lot of the movies combine the two and then sometimes the the subtlety that you mentioned i mean is the other thing but uh i i feel like her relationships in movies and like you said things that are very subtle or not even spoken and glances and such as that are some of the most compelling and mm-hmm. you know i i think this movie in a lot of ways was almost a little bit more con- conventional um as opposed to some of hers I did really enjoy it. Um, and I don't know what Bill Murray does. It just seems like he is just, he's got money and he's like always being carted around. He's, he was in Paris and he's, you know, always going to like the finest places. So clearly he has you know, some kind of money. He's a playboy. Yeah. 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 And he's got a lot to say. It's actually really funny how he, he feels like he has to have this. I don't know. I think he just thinks he has like the the take on everything especially when it comes to women and relationships even though he clearly is not good at (laughs) relationships right right right. (laughs) but yeah so i think you know i i really enjoyed this movie and i i think my favorite part which i think is the core and the heart of the film is the relationship between her and her father because obviously they get together to see if her husband's cheating. And, you know, she's obviously dealing with loneliness as a, another way to touch on that. But so is he, her father. And I think in a weird, very strange kind of bonding exercise, they get closer in a lot of ways throughout the movie. And it, it's interesting, too. It's I mean, I, I love Bill Murray, especially when he kind of mixes dramedy, drama and comedy what I mean it when I say dramedy, but which he obviously does in Lost in Translation, even though his character is much, much more sad in that movie. But so, yeah, with with this role, I thought there was the humor was really interesting, too, with Bill Murray. It was kind of like almost screwball-y, if if that makes sense at times. Uh, Yeah, totally. Some of their little endeavors to, to find out if he's cheating don't really go well. yeah it it almost to me felt like um you know her just trying to do a pure like kind of like 40s screwball comedy if that makes any sense and um i i would agree with you that this i think this is a little bit of her in kind of a very i'm trying to say this in a way that does not come off as like a backhanded comic because i meet it totally in sincerity but it's sort of like a light trifle piece of entertainment if that makes sense it's a light breezy comedy and i maybe it is interesting you kind of pointed out earlier like aesthetically it's a little bit different than a lot of her other kind of signature work um though i would say is still a movie that contains a lot of cinematic pleasure i mean the, the entire maybe it's because we're all just sort of stuck at home quarantining and we aren't most of us aren't necessarily out in the world but I think this is a great New York movie and has a very romanticized view of New York. And I've, I've seen so many people I know who either live in the city or grew up around the city 
say that you know this this is just a movie that made them nostalgic for a kind of pre coronavirus New York and just all of the the different bars and restaurants that uh, Rashida Jones and Bill Murray are hanging out in, and I think while it doesn't totally, I think reach the her sort of apex as a filmmaker, I found it just insanely entertaining um, and really really funny too. And I, I think it's an interesting Bill Murray performance of just, I think, I think the Wes Anderson fans are going to come after me for saying this, but I, I think she gets the <laughs> best out of Bill Murray out of any filmmaker. Like, like that's not saying I don't enjoy him in like the Harold Ramis comedies or in Wes Anderson movies, but I think Sofia Coppola finds this sort of perfect way to match kind of the sweet this spot. inner sadness. Yeah, this like sadness and the sense that he's had this this past life and all of these kind of all this kind of regret and somewhat the history of Bill Murray as a movie star kind of hangs over all of these characters while also I think she's very acutely aware of what it is about Bill Murray as a movie star that just makes him like insanely fun to watch. Like just <laughs> that to me is kind of the real joy of this movie is just like getting to see Bill Murray be Bill Murray. And while I would, I would not say this is maybe up to the level of some of my favorite Sofia Coppola movies. I think for just like a Wednesday night when I watched it, it was really, really fun. And it made me nostalgic for seeing this very like romanticized, uh, loving portrayal of New York. And then having this, delightful screwball comedy with this um woman and her father kind of on the town and getting into mischief um but also dealing with a lot of those sort of like serious themes that we talked Mm -hmm. about of loneliness and finding connections and sort of these small intimate moments yeah and you know it's funny as soon as i stopped watching the movie i was like oh i miss new york (laughs) so that was like instantly after i was basically exactly what you said before I, I love new york city and i would have traveled there this year so it's instantly i was just like oh <laughs> but yeah i think and it's funny i am a west anderson fan but i think you know bill murray with a lot of the different uh directors whether it be like ramus or um or west anderson i i feel like he has and sofia coppola almost like a different kind of performance but it usually is similar to that specific director's work and I do love what she brings out in him and I think it's it's funny because he's very like sarcastic and he's making a lot of jokes in this movie but it's almost to kind of mask like a you know maybe not insecurity but some kind of loneliness as we spoke or inner pain in a sense and I think that comes across more genuine than say like a Wes Anderson character that um you know not maybe isn't really going to be like going for being genuine but works in its own uh way but yeah i love that and i i love rashida jones too um she's i think she's always terrific and i think that they have a really great chemistry in this movie they're they're dynamic and he kind of pushes her a lot not just to see if her husband's cheating but just in a lot of ways even just getting out of the house and and doing more things and uh, some of their, like I said, their little adventures are are, are pretty fun. It, it really isn't, again, like you said, at her like best as as far as her movies, but for what it is, I I, I really really enjoyed it. And I think it's very well done. And I also loved um, 
that just randomly Jenny Slate was in this movie. And she basically just had this, <laughs> Very like, funny Jenny Slate. Yeah, it actually reminded me a lot of her character from like Parks and Recreation. If her character, I don't know if you watch that show, but if her character was to like. I, I do. I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show too. So like if her character would have like just changed a little bit, had a kid, but just still couldn't stop talking and just like monopolizing poor Rashida Jones every time she sees her to like listen to her talk about relationships and stuff. So I thought that was a fun little, plus Jenny Slate's awesome. So that was fun yeah and i think there's also a fun kind of meta read you can you can bring to the movie i mean it's so many because um coppola's movies are so many of them deal with celebrity um you know she is she is the the daughter of one of the like signature filmmakers of the 20th century and you know is was at you know before she was making movies was doing modeling and you know she is very much a part of i i think a certain what we think of as like a hollywood glitz and glamour world and has been a part of that world and i think that's part of the reason she can bring such a, a specificity to those worlds in her movies but i i i also like enjoyed kind of what i imagine a meta read of you know, I'm I'm pretty sure Sofia Coppola is around the same age that the Rashida Jones character is in this movie, and could not help of wondering like, it seems like her relationship with her father is a little bit more, um, uh, is maybe a little better than with the Rashida Jones and Bill Murray characters in this movie. But there was a part of me that was wondering of like, how much of this is yeah, like have your relationship with a parent that is also. Like I said, I, I can't really remember what the Bill Murray character does, and it's not really important to the movie other than he's just rich and travels and like hangs around all these various women. He's a great talker. I, just kind of like yes, <laughs> but of like I I don't know. At a certain point, I was just like, I wonder if this is her maybe like working through some not not necessarily negative feelings, but just you know a movie about her relationship with her father and what it's like to date or to be the the child of someone who is this kind of larger than life figure and sort of attracts attention to themselves at all times is that something that you kind of like picked up at all or maybe i'm just someone who's always thinking about the inner lives of the people who make my movies no i i think i think about that all the time uh especially if there's any kind of comparison even if we don't know for sure that we could draw from their real lives of course and it is an interesting thing to consider. Um, what I, I would actually just love to see uh, be a fly in the room and just see her hanging out with like Francis Ford Coppola. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I think it's definitely possible. And I think the writing in this movie is is really great. Uh, it's something that I really appreciate. I think it's really intelligently written, uh, specifically the dialogue. So. Maybe she's pulling from real experiences. I mean, he's definitely, Bill Murray definitely, everywhere he goes in this movie, he, like, stands out. He makes himself known. He Mm -hmm. walks into a room and he just somehow, like, knows all these people or he knows, like, a random fact. Like, you know, this is the table where, um, you know, someone proposed, a celebrity proposed to someone else. And this is, you know, so he's kind of uh, like a, is it a worldly man? I'm trying to think of the right term there. Um, (laughs) 
but he, he just he just strikes me as like one of those people that's just like I've 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 read a lot of books or like I'm here's where I met like so and so such and such place and stuff that was just like always telling you stories about their past and at at a certain point you're kind of just like I I I, I get it it's it's fine right and we know her father would definitely have many many stories so that that could be definitely a connective thing there I I think the in, the movie's ending is sort of the one area where I, I think it didn't quite work for me and that's just as someone who I, I think this movie kind of gets up to a point of dealing with some very real kind of very everyday sort of anxieties and fears not just amongst family members but amongst sort of spouses or partners in a relationship and I found the movie's ending to almost be like a little too tidy. I don't know if that's just me, but that I will say as much fun as I've had with the movie, and I would highly recommend anyone, even if you're just going to like, I'm going to sign up for the, the Apple service for just a free trial to watch this. It's worth doing that. But I think if the, there is sort of like one piece of the movie that maybe doesn't quite work or where I kind of felt like, oh man, it didn't quite stick the landing there. I think it is the ending and it it has this very kind of almost sitcom-y like short wrap up of like, oh, everything's fine. It's it's okay. Yeah, and we'll laugh about it. It's cool. No, I thought the same thing. Um <laughs> like when I when I was watching it, you know, I, I kind of assumed how it might end as far as, you know, did he or did he not yeah, cheat. Same. But but I didn't think it was going to end, like you said, quite so tidy and, and so kind of quick. And it just seemed mm-hmm. like, did they really solve anything with their relationship at the end here? But I, I don't know. It was it was a little bit of a bummer because I do feel like what was built, you know, over the first three quarters, which really the ending is so small in comparison. So I wouldn't even know if I counted as a quarter, but I, I do think uh, that probably is the, the weakest spot in the film. Well, let's maybe talk about some of uh, Coppola's other movies, unless you got any final thoughts on on The Rocks. But I I feel like we're both kind of in a similar spot of maybe not thinking it's, you know, it, it's not going to make our Mount Rushmore of Sophia Coppola movies if we're going to like carve a so four Sophia Coppola movies into like uh, the side of a mountain. But, you know, I, I think if you're looking for like a really fun comedy to kind of pass the the evening with and kind of get your mind off of some of the negativity out in the news i i I think you can't do much better than this movie honestly right yeah no i think it's definitely worth a watch and it is a lot of fun you know let bill murray kind of take you on a tour of (laughs) new york city and and you know definitely provide plenty of laughs and yeah this wouldn't be carved into the mount rushmore of sophia coppola i'm trying to think of like what the faces would be for each of these movies but um yeah yeah i mean what what would be the four for you that now that we've talked ourselves into this uh this absurd hypothetical you know if, if what are kind of your personal standout sophia coppola movies i know you mentioned virgin suicides being um a big one for you that kind of entered introduced you to her i also think that movie is really good and i i think a really interesting movie about how boys don't know anything about teenage girls is kind of like (laughs) how i always think because it's a movie about like how mysterious and unknowable teenage girls are but it's told from the point of view of like a bunch of boys who are just like man we don't know sure is a mystery and they're like in their 40s and they're still talking about 
these these girls that live down the street from them and so that that's just an interesting angle to that movie but i i i, I agree with you i think it's an incredible debut feature where her style is just so confidently established which mm-hmm. is is such a rare thing for a filmmaker but what are some others that you would place as favorites in in case any listeners have not checked them out yeah so um yeah virgin suicides uh lost in translation which which i think is many people's favorite coppola i don't know if that's it's, it might true. be yeah that might be my personal favorite um yeah should I mention think it that's is the movie she wins an oscar for of course yeah no i actually i mean i think it's honestly mine too um i think like i said with virgin suicides it's mostly just because of the age and i don't know um life you know kind of mixing or something but i uh so i have a sentimental tie to that one but i think lost in translation would definitely be on there i absolutely adore that movie Another, obviously, if you haven't seen it, Bill Murray, Coppola uh, combination. And that's something else that that is really, I mean, it's very funny, very much about loneliness. And there's really some um, terrific scenes with um, Scarlett Johansson and and Bill Murray, these two strangers that meet in a you know foreign city that just happen to be there. And they both kind of are a light for one another. Uh, during this time and they just you know i think it's like a few days on and off in this hotel that they spend with each other but it's it's a terrific film and there's a lot of moments as previously addressed with like you know just glances or you know very simple simple moments that really make it a a beautiful film so those two would be on there i'm trying to think here yeah Uh, (laughs) i I, yeah because i would definitely agree with you about loss and and i think it's interesting just thinking about like Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson are not two people that like I my brain would immediately wire as like those people would have just like this electric romantic chemistry together on screen and I know the sort of like are they are they not in love like it their time together is so brief in the movie that I think mm-hmm. it it ends at this moment where they're just sort of like we're not destined to be together but they're there kind of is something here that we're sort of acknowledging. Um, but I like, that's a really romantic movie I find. And with two movie stars that I would not imagine, like if, if someone was to tell me that pairing on the street, I would immediately think like, that seems a little bit weird, but you buy it and it's really, really sweet. And they're d- just those two people out on the town in Tokyo, just going to bars and singing karaoke is just like some of the most blissful enjoyable stuff you'll ever see in a movie in like the last 20 years um absolutely and it is like almost a romance without necessarily like you know beating it on the head that it's a romance if that makes sense like it's a romantic film just in in what they're doing and where it is and you get swept up on it swept up in it and it's something like i don't know that you know like you i don't know if they're in love with each other definitely would never peg those two character two actors and actresses to be people that would but they definitely do have a connection and i think even if they never see each other again this you know which is obviously very uh beautiful sentiment this small time together is something that is you know kind of probably changed their lives forever in a sense and uh obviously that's always a wonderful concept in a film um 
I think, you know, I'm wondering, I, I think that maybe somewhere would be in there as well. Yeah, I I will say I had not seen that movie before, and it's it's available right now on HBO Max, and so I caught up with it there. And interesting in that, I don't know if you've ever had this experience with movies, but like in the midst of watching it, I don't know that it quite hit me as much as like hours, if not days later after linging it, just it lingering with me, and that. <laughs> It's, it plays much better in my mind than, like, in the moment, I think, the moments between Stephen Dorff and between um, Elle Fanning are kind of so small and so delicate that I, I don't think you quite... The sort of impact of them doesn't quite register until the movie's over, and then you sort of get this this flood of emotions and... It is kind of in the style of these like sixties Antonioni movies, and it is like very slow moving and is kind of very sort of stilted and kind of like late laid back's probably the wrong word, but it's it's sort of looking Breezy. at a glance. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and it's it's very much like snapshots of a moment, and you just sort of seeing for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's basically Stephen Dorff plays a I think he's kind of an action movie star, but basically just living out his existence at the Chateau Marmont in Los Angeles and indulging in every kind of pleasure you could have as just a, a rich action movie star, but struggling with all this depression and loneliness and that changing once he um, has his daughter played by Elle Fanning stay with him for an extended period of time and her kind of bringing out this this inner life and this inner happiness that he's become numb to um, I don't know I, I found that like a really really moving movie when I rewatched it and, or sorry when I saw it for the first time this past week and was just like this this is like one of the more underrated movies of the last 10 years and I don't know why we don't talk about it yeah, it is interesting. And and it is definitely a movie that when it's over or, you know, even a little afterwards, it's something that hits you, you know, because it is, like I said, kind of breezy and it is very subtle um, to tie back to what we were talking earlier, because that is something that she is just amazing at doing. And of course, I think so often with her films, too, the casting is is hugely important. And, you know, I think mm -hmm. Stephen Dorff and uh, Al Fanning are both amazing in this film, and you know, again, it's a interesting relationship. Again, I, I think honestly, the relationships in a lot of her movies, the ones that are the ones that stand out, are a lot to do with performances and just how the the chemistry is with them. And it is a really underrated movie. I don't really know why, <laughs> um, but I would, I think it would, I think it deserves a place on, on uh, to be carved in the uh, <laughs> Coppola Rushmore. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll let you kind of, um, <laughs> argue against it if you feel differently. Um, I think the last spot on our, our fictional monument would, would have to be Marie Antoinette, uh, which weirdly looking back at the reviews when it came out divisive movie, but I think holds Very. up really well. And I, I think there was just a section of, I mean, Unfortunately, I think it's a side of a certain sort of like sexism in 
a mode of film criticism and sort of like what we expect out of a, a good movie. But uh, Sofia Coppola is unfortunately one of those filmmakers who I feel like gets a lot of on like shit for stuff that just no one would criticize in a male filmmaker. And I think Marie Antoinette is one of those movies that I feel like was kind of misread a little bit when it came out in 2006 and sort of a section of um, people kind of throwing boos at it, including the people at Cannes, famously booed at Cannes. Um, I, I don't think we're quite on its wavelength of being not just this indulgent movie in the the lifestyle of Marie Antoinette and having these like lush costumes and lush period detail and just indulging in every kind of visual cinematic flourish that she could but is also like it's it's a satire on modern day celebrities and you're like the Kim Kardashians and the Paris Hiltons of the world and uh Coppola kind of making this connection between them and the the former queen of uh of France yeah no I you know it's uh you know definitely a kind of a satire and also taking on I don't know why it was booed honestly I I actually you know love this movie um I know it's definitely a divisive one <laughs> among many people but I, I think it's you know it has a lot of I guess deeper ideas but it's also kind of just fun kind of delightful at times obviously it's it's all about like decadence and her uh, selfishness and Kirsten Dunst is, is is amazing as it seems like she always is with Coppola especially but Yes. You know, honestly, just to, I, I want to talk about this more, but this would be the, I think this would be number four, because I do love the, the Beguiled, um, but and I'm not, I, I like the Bling Ring. That's, it's one of the ones that's just kind of like, I like it. I don't love it. Like, I I'll, appreciate it. I will say that is, I, I will say that is the one that doesn't quite work for me, for yeah. whatever reason. And I, I think it maybe d- does with just like, for personal reasons, that's maybe... A, a story that I think she's wanting to be a little bit of like an edgier satire and maybe needs someone with a bit a bit more of like an aggressive hand stylistically um I I don't know as well as I think kind of like contrary to Virgin Suicides which has this teenage cast that are all like really terrific actors who would go on to do great stuff and I think the bling ring cast for me feels a little like either they don't quite reach the bar or someone like Emma Watson, I think is kind of miscast in that role. I don't know. I would, I would love to hear you like defend the movie or tell, tell me I'm wrong for it. But that, that is curiously like the one movie of hers that I remember seeing when it came out and being like, ah, I don't know that that quite holds together for me as, as much as like some of her other movies that I had seen did. Yeah. I'm definitely not going to sit here and argue it, uh, argue it forever. I mean, it was a movie when I watched it, it's one of those things where it's not like by the end I was like, oh, that's horrible. By the end I was just kind of like, yeah, well, that exists, and I haven't watched it since. So it's like it. it I was able to be um, immersed into it, I suppose. I mean, there is it is an interesting like critique on um, you know what these characters are trying to do, and you know being rich and celebrities and stuff. But it's just I do think it's partially the cast, honestly. You know, definitely no offense. Uh, to Emma Watson, who's amazing, or even uh, Tessa Farmiga, but 
It's just, mm-hmm. it just doesn't work. And it's just like, I, I get what she's going for. Like you said, I think it is a matter of trying to be edgy. And just unfortunately, it just comes across as that attempt, but it doesn't actually succeed. And it, it's unfortunate, but it's not like, like I said, it's not like the worst thing I've seen, or it wasn't something I had to like turn off. I mean, it definitely. Also, the characters, not that you have to have like likable characters because there's plenty of them that are not very likable in movies, but th- mm-hmm. you just don't really feel like invested in this, these characters story at all. I think that was the biggest issue for me. Like, yeah, I think she, she, I think she brings such empathy to her characters, even in Marie Antoinette. I think mm-hmm. th- that, that movie, <laughs> I don't think is, you know, being ambiguous at all about like, the empty decadence of that lifestyle but i think there are moments in that movie where i think you do feel a sense of empathy for her whereas i feel like with the bling ring she's trying to go for um i don't know i think she's trying to be more critical towards these teens yeah it's colder doesn't that's not yeah and that doesn't quite work with her sort of like aesthetic toolbox no. um i'm interested to hear you talk about the beguiled as well which is one that i rewatched, and um i think definitely kind of like you said i i enjoy it but i i also um you know it's it's not making the the mount rushmore even even if i think i think there's some very unique criticisms to be um had about it especially considering the way she kind of um I think sort of sidesteps the politics of the civil war, which, mm-hmm. you know, I, I understand the reason she did that. Although also think that that's like a fair thing to criticize the movie for. Um, while also thinking it's a pretty fascinating um, kind of revisionist take on so, sort of like flipping the, the dynamics of this very pulpy Don Siegel movie with Clint Eastwood that like, I don't know if you've ever seen that version, but it is basically yes. like Clint, Clint trapped in this house with all these hysterical women and instead flipping it into like, what is it like for these women who are, have been isolated for so long? And then this very strange, but you know, like, very sexy man comes into the house and of just sort of like there's something attractive about him but also like i don't we don't know who this guy is and he might be dangerous um i don't know what are your kind of your thoughts on on that one as we begin to wrap up yeah and i do also want to say just to tie back because it's kind of connective um marie antoinette is also a really beautiful film uh everything aesthetically Mm -hmm. from the costumes to the food it's just like the colors it's just something that it's uh its decadence is also somehow comes through the screen. And I think that she, it's different, but with the beguiled, I think it's also the, the costumes and, and the visuals are really beautiful. And I, I do like that movie a lot. Uh, it's just not one of the ones from her that I love. I definitely understand everything you mentioned with critiques. And I remember when it came out, you know what I read about that but I think one of its strong suits is is honestly again the casting and the kind of relationships between these women mm-hmm. obviously we get Kirsten Dunst again <laughs> uh again I think she always shines with her but Nicole Kidman she also, is kind Elle of Fanning. the oh I was just gonna say she is kind of the the Bobby De Niro 
for you <laughs> know, Scorsese. She, 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 yeah, t- she is the De-, De Niro to Coppola's Scorsese, if if that yeah. makes any sense. It does. Yeah, it does totally. And and she, it, you know, always is amazing. So I mean, keep on doing it if you need to. Um, but yeah, no, I I think it's interesting because I I think in a lot of ways, I mean, it's faithful to the to the material, whatever. But it's also very very different. And they're the performances are are really what I take the most away from the film. Um, And, you know, again, it's like on the scale of the Coppola scale, you could say Um, it's definitely higher up than the bling ring, but uh, I haven't seen a very Merry Christmas either. I know that that's just like a special on Netflix, but I haven't seen that. Uh, It's, it's okay. I would say it's in that, you know, I, I saw it once and I mean, Bill Murray is never not going to be entertaining, but I, that, that's all I'll really say about that is it's, it's okay. Yeah, no, no. And, and so, yeah, maybe I'll have to check it out this Christmas since it's like somehow right around the corner. But yeah, I do think what she creates in in the beguiled is is definitely worth watching and i think that there's a lot of substance to it and i think there's a lot of beauty to it and i think also it does kind of again i feel like i'm being repetitive but obviously this is a theme you know loneliness and like you said isolation which is is something else that's obviously with virgin suicides very very prevalent so she uh she's a terrific writer and director and it's interesting too because she hasn't done uh well she did beguiled and that was what year was that 2017 20 20, yeah 2017 i think yeah so i mean she hasn't over the span of her career she hasn't made like a lot a lot of movies but if you look at her filmography it's it's pretty impressive there really isn't any movies that i can point to and say i absolutely can't stand this or this is horrible uh, so I mean that's saying something, and I, I think the new movie, um, you know, on the rocks, I think has differences, but also still somehow maintains that kind of uh, this the Coppola, you know, bones in it. If that makes any sense, like it it takes what she's used and done before and succeeded with, but at the same time, it, it goes a different route. So like while I'm watching the movies, there's certain shots and and sequences that I'm, I can be like, oh yeah, this is Sophia. And then there's elements of the story and direction that, that are different, but very, something I can very much appreciate and enjoy. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, best place to wrap us up is <laughs> all of her movies are worth seeing. So just, if you haven't seen them all, you should just see them all. I think that's just the best place to, to wrap it, to wrap it up. Um, yeah. And tell us your own. Yes, tell us your please own, tell us uh, your own ranking. Rushmore. Tell us that we're 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 fools and that a very merry Christmas is actually Apex <laughs> Sophia Coppola. Um, I'll be waiting for that uh, reply on Twitter with your your angry Bill Murray gifts. Um, but Christy, thank thank you again for for hopping on this weekend, uh, discussing the wondrous career of the one Sophia Coppola. <laughs> <laughs>